Blog Talk Radio. Everybody out there tonight is feeling pretty good. Um, no issues going on with you. Life is rather good, and your health is wealth, and your wealth is health, and everything you got going on is nothing but positive and moving forward. If it's not, this is a prime time to figure out if you're going to be about kingdom business or be about Papa's business. And you, you have the right to choose. It's, I mean, you are literally um, the person that you're ultimately responsible for, whether here now, if you believe in afterlife, or you believe in there's a reincarnation of whatever. Um, you're responsible for your own actions. And so it's a great time to choose how you see things. I'm going to tell y'all flat out, I've had so many opportunities given in life that it is literally amazing how 
how blessed uh, a person like me is to have the experiences I've had, and yet with all the experiences I've had, be able to verbalize and communicate them to people because it helps others either have similar or for them to avoid the obstacles. So tonight's topic, Gumbo Talk Show, is heavy crown. Though at as heavy as the head, it wears the crown. And I know y'all probably thinking, well, here he go talking about his king shit. That's true. There's no, there's no doubt either my ancestry, my current status, or my predecessors are king. No doubt. It is not a title. Um, It is an acknowledgement of a man's status. It is not a personality, it is a gift, and it sometimes for others is a blessed curse. I'm not talking about any of that, although it may be true, but when I say heavy is the crown, these past three weeks or so, dealing with, personally dealing with this COVID-19, coronavirus, when I came to y'all two weeks ago, I was short-winded, and I was actually in the beginning thralls, if you will, and this time last week, I was sitting in the hospital, and now I'm back home, mending. Yeah, still a little short-winded, but I'm going to tell you, it's not what it was, Okay. When I say heavy is the crown, if you look up the word corona, not a beer, corona corona is a Latin way of saying a crown-shaped and or crown-like image. The other term, which I had heard before, is when there are major flares of heat, energy bursts from the sun, in which the, the, the rings that emanate off of the sun are hotter than the sun itself. And they call those corona. All that is true when related to this virus, because if you even look at how they even show you the image of the virus, it's a perfect virus. It does what it's supposed to be. The, the virus looks like a crown. The rings of fire emanating with a person's fever shoots up and then calms down and then flares up and then calms down is a perfect ex- 
confirmation of the word corona. Having experienced coronavirus, let me tell you, I had the little cough and discomfort. I even want to say I had a little confusion. But, of course, you know, people around me will say I've stayed confused. I tell them it's my genius. We know that's my friend. You know, half of the symptoms that they said could be an issue I had. When I had trouble breathing, that's when I knew something was going on and I went and got tested. So I isolated myself starting on a Friday and uh, took me till Tuesday to go get tested. I didn't get the results of my test until Saturday, four or five days. But by that Friday, um, after that Tuesday, I tested at a local clinic. I ended up in the ER that, that night. Hard to breathe. I said, no, there's something weird going on here, Doc. Called out to my friends. and hey, Tanya Bradley. Storytelling brought an oximeter. If it was not for her, I do believe a spiritual connection bringing me that device. I don't know if I'd be here. A little old oximeter was reading 90, 89, 88 oxygen. And oh, snap. It's going to be somewhere close to 100, I know. Anyway, I got myself up out the bed. I just put on, I slapped on a couple of uh, just T-shirts and some shorts, which I, re- I remember. It's Friday. I went. I drove myself to the ER. Ended up with Doctor H, old friend from back in the day working mental health in the ER, and fellow swimmer. We uh, had many, many early mornings of swimming in Palomar Jones, exercise, talking him up on family. He took care of me. His nurse, Nick, really good. He took care of me. Brother came in from respiratory and uh, took care of me. They did an x-ray. They did a a CT scan. Found that I had some stuff going on in my lungs. It was like pneumonia. Oh, man. Okay. So it hit me with prescription. By this time, by the way, I had been communicating throughout the week with my PCP, primary care physician. She had prescribed the Z-Pack, and I was on that. I'm going to take you some of it and drink off the water. If you will. So I did. I finished that Z-Pack that uh, Saturday. Saturday. So they let me go from the ER that night. I was a little bit better feeling about, you know, because I guess the oxygen that they were giving me in there. I don't know, they gave me a prescription or something. I don't know. I never did get it. Looking at something on your head. Oh, Saturday. Saturday, a week ago, we can have it go. Almost two weeks now. I, uh, 
I got to go back to the ER that night. I don't have results from my test. The doc said, based on the stuff that he saw yesterday, he had ER. More than likely, I got it. And that's COVID-19. Well, Saturday, I'm at home. I'm chilling. I'm just like, man, I really can't breathe that good. Temperature's up. Get a call. Your strange Tyler number. And it's this Indian sounding lady. And she tells me, whoop do whoop whoop you You tested positive. COVID-19. Ask me some questions. I said, okay. Kind of, kind of ready for this. But that night, had nothing to do with them telling me. I didn't feel negative about it. Hell, I've been dealing with the symptoms uh, now a full week. Well, no, longer than a week a little bit, but the symptoms kicking in and really talking to me a week. So I'm already trying to be in preparation for doing what I need to do. I'm already looking up stuff. I'm Googling. Google changes every day. I don't know exactly what the hell they're doing at the CDC or on the federal level, but I know I don't like it because I read, and it's confusing. They tell you to do one thing one day and one thing another day. I understand it's new. It's novel. But um, for people that should have a pandemic response team to not know what the hell they're doing and then all this rhetoric you're watching and hearing on TV, they just don't have their shit together. I was like, you know what, nobody does. Um, from the lower levels, I talked to, I'm going to tell you about my conversation with the health department here today, the head of the health department. Let me tell you all, I went that Saturday night, they admitted me. That poor nurse, she was horrible in the ER, I must say. Horribly. She left me in that room three or four hours, never came back in there. I didn't know she was ordering a room. I didn't know what she was doing. She said she had two other patients. I'm thinking to myself, well, that's only three. I don't know what was going on with the other two, you know, but nevertheless, shit, you're supposed to come back in there within four hours if you're in the damn emergency room. Anybody came in there to check my blood pressure? Nothing. And those days are hella uncomfortable when you're 400 pounds and six foot four on a hospital, but a ER type gurney bed. I had oxygen, but uh, the guy didn't come in that night with the nebulizer, which the nebulizer gave me a lot of relief like it did Friday night. That was the other medicine. Well, I called the number that I used to call when I was telling them I'm coming in to see some of their patients with mental health, and it's a long, it's a long thing. I mean, I'm sitting in the room hooked up to all this stuff, and uh, I can't get nobody to come in. I didn't know where the button was. Evidently, when I finally looked later, when I got moved, it was clipped on the side of the bed. So I called the phone number, and guess who I get? Finally, when I get hooked to the ER, my nurse. So she's sitting at the nursing station. And I said, hey, I'm not going to say her name. And uh, I said, what's going on? I'm, I'm in here. I've been in here since 1030. Y'all came in that first hour. It's three o'clock. What's what's the deal? Oh, I got your room. It should be ready. We're ready about thirty minutes. Oh, okay. 
But I wish you would have just communicated that to me. That would have felt a lot better. So they're scared to come in the room when people got COVID. Unless you work on the COVID floor and you know all the protocols, if you will, for uh, being able to keep yourself personally protected. You're, you're, you're a scarlet letter. You are a scarlet letter. So I ended up 20 minutes or so getting moved to it. That was nice. In twelve sixty three. All COVID patients. Not sure how many, but I know that's a lot. You don't see anybody because you stay in your room. And the only people that come in and out of there are people who are fully dressed. And when I say fully dressed, I mean from here to go. Some of them in these damn suits. I thought I was going to have to hit somebody because I was like, you know, anybody wearing a suit like that, they 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 they, um, they up to something. But anyway, um, from Saturday to Friday, I stayed in room 1263. No visitors, no interaction with anybody else but the medical staff. Some good doctors, some horrible ass positions that probably shouldn't have a license to practice. And trust me, I've dealt with physicians and lawyers on on a very extensive basis for the past 20 years of my life. Well, longer for the lawyers and judges, but um, we're not going to talk about that right now. But trust me, a long time dealing with lawyers and doctors. I know good ones and I know bad ones. Dr. H, damn good ER physician. The first doctor I met, I got admitted at three something in the morning to the room. His name was Jane. J A I N. He sat in that room. He stood in that room the whole time they were getting me transferred over into the bed and getting me situated and to, to talk to him. And he just was observant. And I told him, I looked at him, you know, he had to write his name down and understand it, but Indian fellow. He said, my name is Jane. I said, okay. And I looked at him and he started talking. He said, what do you think about this? I said, I think it's something that I got and I'm going to make it through. He said, yeah, you are. I said, Doc? I said, Jane. No, I said, Jane? So I looked him dead in his eye and I said, I like you. I said, I trust you to take care of me. I never saw Dr. Jane again. I had this other doctor, this lady doctor. She was horrible. Then I got this other guy, Chivalry. Very nice guy. Not sure if he knew what the hell he was doing or not, but he sure was confident. Um, and he treated me well. He came through every morning and spoke to me. Probably I had him four mornings and I had this other person. But he had mornings and I remember how many. I saw him more than I saw her. The nurses. Some okay, some suspect, 
I'm out of this world. But you know, in the normal circumstances, when you're a patient in a hospital, you you have family or friends to come in and 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 be visitors and you know, while while they're they're visiting, they're able to <coughs> uh, <clears throat> talk and communicate for you when when you can. These staffers, when they don't get you water or ice, you have someone to do it. You're not bothering too much. When you need a, a, a stretch, there's, there's, no, there's nobody to scratch your back. It is isolation as if you were a king. Yeah, king has all kinds of support, but when the king has to kind of go into kingdom mode, um, there's nobody there because there's nobody only for him to call on. Very, very, very difficult situation. I must tell you, one of the things that <clears throat> helps keep a majority of people alive when they're on their sick bed is the support and care from someone they know. All you can do is talk to them on the phone if you have a phone. Or if you can muster up the wind that you can talk about, to speak to them about it. It's just barely enough. If you have no hope, if your neck isn't strong enough to hold up a crown, you are out of there. Listen to me good. You have to fight. On your own. Okay? They had things that would tell you one day or a couple days, no Motrin, just Tylenol. For two days straight, they gave me Motrin to break my fever. 103, 103.7, 103.5, 102.9, 102.5, 99. But you know what, all them 99s and 101s, that's because they didn't put the damn thermometer. I was... Literally, they, some of them would just come in there and throw them a, the, the, the thermometer, and it would barely be touching my tongue, on just inside, just inside my teeth, by my tongue. And I would tell them, "You need to push it on in there." Well, I don't want to hurt you. No, you've been doing this. Isn't this what you do? You got to get that temperature thing in there to get an accurate read. You have to coach them on that. If you don't know any better, they'll get some false 99s and false 98s, and won't be giving you anything to break that fever, and you're sitting there burning up to death. I'm a big boy, so they had a large cup. But they would just, some people would just come in and just wrap it around anywhere, be on my elbow, be on my forearm, be damn near on my wrist. It'd be on the side sometimes where the 
IV was, and I had to tell them, no, try this over here. And I tried to move it up. So, oh, that's good right there. Damn blood pressure readings all over the place. But when they finally got, got a couple of them, and I finally got the strength, you know, after a couple of days, I could build a little strength to tell them, hey, look, that little line right there on that cuff has to line up right here with this vein right here. And it's got to be all the way up here, okay? Let's do it like that, all right? And then they do it. Because you got some text to come in. I understand they probably not getting more than nine, ten, twelve dollars an hour to deal with people that we got something that could kill them. But I'm trying to live too. If you don't have basic knowledge of medical, you will die. And it's not it's not because, you know, the virus is gonna kill you. It's just that some of these people need a little boost when it comes to taking care of other folks. And, and it's like a meal. You know, they got to do their cycles of things every few hours, and they're just trying to get that cycle done. It isn't so much about this. You a number. You room 1263. This is your <clears throat> I have never been admitted to a hospital uh, longer than a couple of hours. Um, and that happened when I was maybe under 10, playing with my Rocky Balboa blow up punching bag with the sand in the bottom, and I thought I could WWF. I didn't know that that thing rolled, busted my mouth wide open, had stitches in my mouth. I had my tonsils removed. I had a hernia removed, but we're talking about a few hours. Um, But as an adult, as a person, you know, looking back at it, I've never been admitted to a hospital. But I've been there a lot. I sat there a lot with my dad. Um, when he had doubts with his cancer, surgery, uh, other people, you know, and I know that's been in there. My wife with the kids when she had when she had our babies, okay. Uh, a couple of procedures and stuff. Family members, uh, but it was my first for me, and. Uh, you, you have to be in a mindset that you want to live and not die. You, if you want to live and not die, you begin to wear that crown. That corona crown is heavy. It's not a joke. See, see here, here's the thing, y'all. Yeah, million, whatever many people have been tested Yeah, I think they're up to 80-something thousand. I'm not paying attention. I thought I heard that say I don't watch the news on purpose. Uh, I could probably pull it up better on this uh, Google thing here. My computer is so trippy because it doesn't get used. It, it, it hasn't been used in two weeks. It's trippy. Eighty-five thousand people. Okay. Like a million something tested. Eighty-five thousand died. 
That's less than 10%. I don't know what the percentage is. My problem is, and this is what, besides all of, and I'm going to get to the people who showed me love, showed my family love. The thing that irks me, y'all, that breaks me up is our people not taking this shit seriously, man. 60% of that 85,000 is Negro. Do y'all not understand me? 60 out of 100 is Negro. It's killing us, and we walking around. I cannot, I can no longer fool with an individual. I do a podcast, a couple of young fellas, on Tuesday. I can't do it anymore. I don't even know how I'm going to tell them. But I'm going to tell them I can't do it. I told y'all this thing was serious. Y'all keep talking that jazz about, ain't going to worry about it. They ain't going to stop me from doing this, that, and that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to still. Yeah, we can't be friends. We, we can't be friends. I can't be friends with anybody ignorant anymore. Trump supporters and black people who don't believe this coronavirus is real, I cannot be friends with you anymore. As a matter of fact, delete me. When you see this, because I'm recording the video, it'll be posted later. Um, and those of you all listening on uh, Blog Talk Radio through the phone lines, which is bad because I don't have it up on the Facebook Live, um, let me tell you also, delete yourself. Don't talk to me. Don't try to get in those philosophical conversations with me. I don't want to be your friend. I don't want to help you because there are certain things that I know to be true. And if food and his money will soon part, as well as if a food if you decide to argue with one, it'll be two of them standing there having a conversation. And I'm no longer in that category. I'm, I'm, I'm too old. I got diabetes, hypertension, high cholesterol, probably a sleep apnea-related issue because I snore sometimes and I lose my breath in my sleep. I know it's going to wake up. I'm, I'm overweight, which I can work on that. But this is just me. And uh, for you not to care enough about me because you're trying to say this, that, and the third about you, meaning you you just exclude me, meaning you're thinking only about yourself, we can't be friends. There is no love. I love you in a way that, you know, hey, your brother and sisters will love you, boom, boom, back. We can't be friends. I'm done with trying to be friends with people who don't want to move forward. And I'm to the point at this day and age where Trump supporters, okay, and people, black people, who don't believe this coronavirus is real are, are on my enemy list. I ain't attacking you. I'm just telling you that you are flat out ignorant, stupid, um, inconsiderate, 
Um, and I could keep going down the list of accurate statements for you. And I ain't ashamed. You see, when I was fourteen or fifteen, the first time I was shot at, I almost died looking at the back of my mama's house. At the car wash Bullets weren't even aimed at me They were aimed at Joe Me and C-Killer and Joe I don't think Harvey was out there And there was another cat out there that day And Joe I don't know what happened with Joe and this dude But he came up On Where did he 6th or 5th Avenue He was walking up the street with this 357. And we could see him, but we was like, who is that? You know, because the trees covered the street. And it was daytime, but the trees covering the street where I'm from, it's like the, the shadow from the leaves. You can't really see. You can see somebody walking. But this, we saw that pistol come up. We were like, oh, shit. We still standing there looking, right? We all vice lords. We all like, I, don't know, I don't remember this dude's GD or what. He wasn't a white man, though. And um, I did not hear the gunshot. But if you've ever been around a lot of mosquitoes in the south, and um, when big mosquitoes get the whizzing past your ear when you're just sitting there having a good time, drinking the brew, drinking the drink, and the mosquito buzzes past your ear, that's how close that first bullet came. I heard the, the the buzz of the of the of the bullet come past my ear, and then I heard the the uh, bullet hit the the brick uh, the brick wall of the car wash by the corner, and I heard it bust, shatter the brick. Do you know how close to death? I was at 14 or 15. I was a country boy, and I moved to the city with my mom. And my parents got divorced, and my mom didn't know I was going to get involved with the vice lords, and she didn't know I would be a big vice lord for that matter. <clears throat> but that was death. And there's been many more instances between then and now that I've experienced death in a real way. And Grace and mercy. Still here. And to have people, if somebody were to tell me that bullet wasn't meant for you, well, evidently, but what if I had leaned to the right? Because it went past my right ear. What if I had just leaned to the right a half an inch or three or four inches, a 357, real pistol, if, if, it, if it did that to that brick, okay, 
uh, and, and I, I don't want to go into all the other times, man, where guns guns were played. I told y'all about the time me fighting the Mexicans with my partners. And next thing you know, my jacket and my ear and a couple other places on my body all cut up, sliced up. I didn't have that jacket on. I'd have been dead. Um, I, I can I can go down the line where I put myself in some stupid situations. So everybody doesn't have everybody in the world doesn't get to experience gangsterism. I should never have had, but I did. And and I know it. I seen it. I lived it. And and I know it. I can see it to this day. Just like I can see where uh, you see folks with cancer and you, you say, Hey man, you gotta eat right, you gotta keep positive. Because I've seen my dad go 16 years. I, this is the fabric I'm cut from. My dad went 16 and a half years with, well, diagnosed, but we know much longer than that, with stage four colon cancer and did not die until it moved into his lungs. Went everywhere else. But when he got in his lungs, he couldn't breathe. And I looked at him, I was looking at my daddy on that bed in Colleen, and he couldn't breathe. And I'm like, man, I don't want to go out like that. And I said, God, I don't want to go out like that. And here I am. I couldn't breathe. I'm laying in a hospital bed. I'm feeling just like he was explaining how he felt. You know, it's times where your breath is so minimal you shit yourself because your body starts to be like, damn, am I dying? You you don't want that. You don't want to be feeling like you drowned and you're alive. You, you, you got air all around you, but you can't breathe I, I, most people get, get a cold and you blow your nose and your snot is, is clear. Or sometimes it's yellow and the yellow says, oh, yeah, you're a little thicker. Sometimes that yellow turns a little darker. It's a little thicker. Y'all, I blew my nose one time, well, a couple of times, and it, was, it looked like brain matter coming out of my lungs. Gray and black and blood coming out of my lungs. I mean, that's, that's, you know, that's that's like a person who smokes cigarettes all their life. This is what was, this is what was in my, probably still in there a little bit, uh, uh, the damage in my lungs. And you're going to tell me about all the reasons why you think this happened and where it came from. Who gives a shit where it came from? It probably did come out of Wuhan, but the same thing is over here somewhere in Atlanta or Washington somewhere in one of the labs here. It could have happened here. Something something got out of hand. Somebody dropped something. something some kind of protective system failed or whatever, and it got out. It could have happened here because they got it here too. So it was just, it just so happened to be in Wuhan. And the Chinese government has always been Clandestine. They've never really wanted to share. They don't have the same internet system that you had on hand. They don't let you practice religion freely in China like you and I have the opportunity to argue about Christianity and Islam and Judaism and Buddhism and, and Taoism and so on and so forth. I, if I miss the religion, it's charging to my head and not my heart. You understand me? We have freedoms to argue all these things. So since we have freedoms in this country to argue, I'd rather be free from people. 
wonders. Praise God. She wanted to see me live. I'm trying to remember. I think, I think it was Stacy. Look at the state. I had her for 12 hours one year. And then 12 hours made the difference over that 12 days. Now, I was only in, in, the, in there from, from Saturday to Friday, Saturday night to, to Friday night, so roughly a week. But out of that week, I had a nurse safety one time, a soul system. She did everything on time, ahead, forward thinking, not looking for permission, but doing things to help me live. She gave me this experimental uh, plasma from a previously diagnosed patient that had antigens, antibodies, antigens, I don't know what the word was, in it, and it was supposed to help. It, it hurt me. Oh, that was, a, that, was a rough, that was a rough 12 hours. After getting that and, and, and dealing with all the side effects of that, because I did have them, my body's real sensitive to things. You know, when I first start taking things, it doesn't want to, to accept it. And I have to kind of fight through it. But my body, I, I was like, you know what, if this is going to help me, let's do it. So I had a bag of plasma and some, some, um, some, some IVT and uh, also some IV um, antibiotics at the same time. And uh, I don't know which one it was, but my body went in the shivers. Sound like I was on fire. I'm, if 105 is the temperature that your body can get up to, I was there. It was that was roughly, but I wanted to do it. I wanted to try it. See if it helped me. You sitting there, you trying to figure out if you're gonna live or die by yourself. It was working. And I thank God for that woman. I don't know what she looked like. I don't know what happened. I don't know what they even looked like because they all were masked up. You can't see a thing. They see you. One girl recognized me. I know what that is. That is uh, who's around with a lady I know that's friends with a lady I know. I've seen them around. And she's like, hey, Mr. Brandon. And I'm like, hey, what's going on? Well, I know you. She's like, I'm such and such daughter. I was like, oh, okay. I said, good. I said, tell him I said hello. I don't remember if I even said that. Usually I said that. But um, let me tell you. It is uh, it's an experience. Not everybody goes that heavy into the, the, the symptomology. Some people are way worse. All I know is that I had a guy that had to have had dementia. It, it sounded like he was a goddamn WWE wrestler. That guy was making up so much noise. I heard stuff slam and fall and, hey, why did you do that? And all this and this stuff all night long, every day. I was so, I think it was the second to last night he was gone or something. He, I don't know what they were they moving, but it was another guy moving there. He was loud too. And then I had a couple of some people were loud on the other side of me. I don't know, you know, and I, I didn't know how many people were black or whatever, but y'all, 60% of the people who die are black. 
80-something percent of them have diabetes. And then it's like 60-something percent of of them are, are obese. And I'm like, okay, I'm fitting all of the categories. And since, you know, I feel like people who don't really care for me, I'm not I'm not exhausting any energy caring for you. I really am not exhausting energy on or with or for people who don't give a two cents about me. Is it that my community activism is over? No. I still know there are people out here that just don't know. You know. But for those that are knowledgeable enough and so many areas, and you're so smart in so many areas, yet you don't, uh, you're not smart enough to realize that this thing here is out to kill us. So this is not the time to argue about this, that, and the third of your intellectual knowledge and what you feel and all this, that, and other. This is the time that we bond together and we start realizing, hey, look, we all we got. I don't care if this thing was Invented or if it was discovered, okay. I don't. I don't care. It's here. Okay. What's the argument? It exists. Okay. Now, if it's killing us, we got to figure out how to stop dying. And I can tell you without a doubt, it's just thinking it's going to go away, and and then shrugging it off, and, and just because you don't you don't fool with the man or whatever it is you call yourself doing, you're not going to get it. Sat here talking to my boy with a store. I said, Look, brother, I said, you're going to have to start making everybody that comes into your store wear a mask. Bottom line, um, you, they need to wear a mask. They go into your store. Uh, he still ain't grasped the concept. So, guess what store I can't patronize? He's still my friend. But you, you, I'm not going to your store. You now know somebody with it. A lot of people ain't never met anybody. In my hood, there's a couple other people that have it, but they don't know them. But the people in, in this hood, they know me. And um, uh, they like, damn, big old G. What do you say this morning? He said, man, all they do is come in there, I got cars and all kinds of stuff for you, man. And he's like, man, what happened to the big smart dude, man? You heard that he got that corona. Tell them, yeah. And, and, and it blows them away because they don't know anybody. Really. They probably do. They just don't know they do. And um, if, if, I can be, if I can be the beacon light, which is what my name means, to those people, let it be. Let it, let it be. Let they get an understanding that it's close. Closer than close. Um, I'm uh, at the point where, you know, actually on Tuesday, I could have been off quarantine. I'm going to ride it out till tomorrow and then see what what goes down Uh, as far as me coming out of my room or Interactive. I called the health department today. 
because I know their protocol and I read the CDC stuff, but I also looked at healthy communities that have great recovery rates, low readmission, re-infection um, rates, and blossoming uh, with their testing and, and seemingly keeping people healthy. And so I called and get the number after it seemed like forever to get to the number six. And I got this gentleman. And y'all know me. I mean, you know how I talk. I'm, I'm me. I'm firm. I know exactly what I'm, the answers I'm looking for. And I asked the guy a couple of simple questions. Told him my name. Boom, boom, back. He said, I think you need to speak to the boss. I said, let me get you Mr. Harris. Yeah, 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 I heard his name. Now, mind you, this Harris guy, the brother. But, and I know you you have to do your job. I know you do. But he's, he's the one that when I, when I first back, when it hit Greg County and I put the Facebook post, I remember what day it was, he was one of the ones that got interviewed by a, a journalist. Because, you know, them, them journalists still troll my page. Every time I, I make, if I make a certain statement, the journalist is calling, hey, we, we saw you have name. We're talking about this. We want to know what you think about it. I'm like, I don't get my mouth on social media. I'm really saying that my comments go public. So people either share them or ask questions about certain comments. And I typically don't make remarks unless I research it to see if it's, you know, somewhat accurate. Like I saw this thing about the Hobby Lobby. Friend, um, she shared it this morning or yesterday. I was like, no, nah, that don't sound right. And then I searched it, and it was. He is a Trump supporter, but even though he's a Trump supporter, um, I'm not a shop at Hobby Lobby. Um, and so, but he didn't say anything about he was cheap on He probably really, he probably does, though. I, I wouldn't put it past him, but he didn't say that. So I can't put that word in that man's mouth. But things like that, you got to kind of steer clear from, right? So anyway, um, I uh, the guy immediately gives me the test. So I tell the guy my name. I can tell he sat up in his chair. I said, I don't think you and I have the honor of meeting. I said, uh, I think you know who I am. He's like, yes, sir. I said, uh, I tested positive. He said, you know. And I said, uh, this is the protocol that I'm understanding people are supposed to be. When they get released or after so many weeks, two weeks, um, and you have three consecutive days with no fever, and uh, then you're, you're good to reintegrate. And he says, yeah, that's, that's our policy. That's what Dr. Brown, I know Dr. Brown, I've been working with him, the mental health patients in the county jails for, since 2002. And so he said, yeah, he'll be calling you. I said, okay. I did not know at the time that he had 28 new cases today. Now, they got this new drive-through testing thing. They had two on Tuesday. Two on Tuesday or Wednesday. Something like that. They had 28 come out today. They, I could, when I read it, I was like, I could see their asses 
I told the man, I didn't know about the 28. I didn't know about the 28. I'm sure he knew about the 28. But I told him, I said, look, brother, I've been working in public health a long time. I was a health. I didn't go into all my stuff that I've done. But y'all know I was health chair. It was my first uh, office in the NAACP unit ever. I was a, I became a health chair. Um because I know the healthcare system. I do. Worked in them, you know, dealt with my dad in them. Um, just different just different ways I knew the health system in different states. So um, I said, brother, I said, I don't think I like the way y'all are processing this. I think you need to find a much more efficient way to get people reintegrated so that we can reduce reinfection or the transfers of people who think that they're clear, but they're not. But yeah, they understand that Burnley Gray County is not doing testing. But I understand that. I've been singing that song a while. But you got to set up a system. If you're not going to do it, somebody needs to do it. And it needs to be so that the numbers aren't repeat numbers when they report it. You know, it, it, I mean, you know, if I tested positive again, but I'm still on the last one um, that, that might be reported as another new case. But in reality, it's a retest, re-diagnosis, or whatever, whatever. They don't have a system set up for that. Either. And I told them, I said, before I got on the phone, I said, man, I know you did. I said, but we're sandwiched between Dallas and Shreveport, and y'all don't have the system structure together to be prepared to fight this thing when it starts sandwiching, when it starts, you know, sandwiching us in. Dallas and the area around there is super bad. Shreveport <coughs> and the area around there, super bad. We're only an hour, from, we're less than an hour from Shreveport, just over an hour from Dallas. We're the only other major city on I-20. The only. And then today. I learned later on, earlier this evening, 28 new cases. Basically a 25, I believe, percent, either 25 or 20 percent increase in one day. And that's because of the testing, which is good. Doing the free testing, boom, boom, great. But you're doing this testing with no plan. No plan for the recovery. Really, they don't know what they're doing with the treatment. They're just giving exploratory stuff. I think Tyler, if you need to go to the hospital, you might want to go to UT Tyler. That's what I heard. Or Shreveport. I don't know which one. The folks that have been dealing with it and know how to deal with it. So maybe Greg County, maybe the Longview Hospitals will get it down. We have low numbers of death in the death rate, so I don't know what's doing that, what's attributing to that. Um, I really don't know, but that's good. But you got 28 new in a day. Mm-hmm. Exponentially growing 
and people are social distancing. People are still trying to ride up on people at the grocery store, talking to them, and you don't know these people because that you so cordial and you love the Lord and you want to share the Lord Jesus with you. No, man, um, I love Jesus, but you know what I'm saying? Get your ass six feet back. Tell me about the Lord from over yonder. This coach is crazy, man. Tell my mother, tell my mama this morning. I ain't sick. My mama said, look, I don't know what you are. And you don't know what I am. But what you is, then you're going to get up off me. Like, I'm excited for that. It's all serious. I'm excited for that. He said he was doing it all over the stairs. He saw it. He saw it coming. He saw it coming. She drew it. She drew it. But my mama does that. That energy drawing that kind of stuff to turn it off. She was even stopping all over the store, violating people's systems. No mask on. I'd be willing to bet you he's a Trump supporter and he he doesn't believe that four of us is real. Amazing. Every time I hear them open their mouth, I hear Anthony Hamilton. Amazing. <laughs> every time. Every time. Every time I hear one of them people speak, I hear Anthony Hamilton. I am um, glad I got the chance to share with you all some of my experiences with this. I'm back at home. Been home since last Friday. I left this far from the hospital. I've been isolated in my room. Um, away from my family, they've been uh, in their rooms, and my wife is in there with my oldest daughter because she's got a nice bed, and you know, other two kids they got their own room. We've had a tremendous outpouring. I don't know, we're going to be more than 60. We've had a tremendous outpouring of support from people in uh, in our community. Um, like, I don't know if you out there, if you can extend that thing to uh, to 90 minutes or 60 minutes. My computer is giving me a problem. So if you can, I don't know if you're still on. But that's what I'm trying to get to before this expires. But I've got to get this back to you anyway. Okay, I see all y'all. I see people listening. Um, so, so I, I want to tell y'all this before I go. The hospital thing, ups and downs. Pre-hospital, ups and downs. Yeah. Healthcare is real. We need it. I'm, I'm now convinced more than ever that if I didn't have insurance, this is how good God is. To me. 
I ain't had insurance in two years, a year and a half, and I ended up getting a call to go to work for the school system and now I have insurance and was able to help me cover, you know, some of these expenses. A lot of things I had to come out of pocket um, for to get discharged, and that's fine because I had to have it. Oxygen, had to pay for all that on my own. I had an oxygen machine down the hallway, and I got a big old tank. If the power goes out, I got small tanks for portable, right? I've been blessed enough that my business and, and my job paying me and, uh, that I'm able to buy these things. Everybody ain't going to be able to do that. And I was, I was telling y'all how I was helping people. Remember me was telling y'all over the last few weeks how people that I see, especially my people from Waffle House and other places I frequent whose uh, jobs are closed down. When I see them, I, if I got some money, if I just made some money, Cash, I'm hitting them. I, I, I tried, y'all, to just say, here, I'm going to give you some. But I'm going to tell y'all right now, I hand them over all the bankroll. And look, I don't know if this will help you or not, but here. And let me tell y'all, y'all don't believe that God is sufficient? Oh, my God. People I don't even like sent money to us. We, I, I know that we got the ability to take care of our bills and our expenses for a month in this recovery process. I know that we have people that have been bringing food and other items, gloves, leech, Sanitizer, uh, food, water, um, paper towels, toilet paper. I don't know all these people. I've been in my room. I don't. I don't know. But this is how much the Lord has blessed that money that I put. And I'm gonna still continue when I see people that I know uh, need the help. Up, I'm gonna still continue to bless them because I know they tell you you folks are tired. I understand that. I haven't been a big tither all my life. For a few years I was, but and I understand what y'all going. I know this ain't a Bible study lesson, but when I see people in need, that's where they get it. They get my offer, okay? And I know good and well that I do more giving than I do if I was to stick to a 10% number to the church. I don't, I don't believe God operates only in the walls of churches. I believe that out here in the highways and hedges is where we need to find and meet people where they are, and it ain't got to always be about, hey, do you know the Lord? You need to establish a relationship with people before you go trying to convince them or relaying information that you want them to pick up. It's almost like a, a, a sponge. You, you have to get a sponge a little bit damp in order for the sponge to actually suck up what a sponge can do, because a sponge to fully operate or function. A dry sponge, and you just throw it over there, it might sit on top of that water for a minute. But if you push it down in there and squeeze it and allow it to soak up, then that sponge is going to start being able to do what it's going to do. And you can't just go out there just thinking people are going to soak up what you've got to give them. And I like to evangelize. I have a different way. I'm a, I could be all I'm a Christian of a different faith. Okay? And um, 
the the way this thing goes, y'all, I'm telling you, I know it's God, but it's people that I don't know why they did it, why they're doing it. I, I, I mean, earlier, uh, my wife brought in some letters, and there was checks in there. I got a check from a city councilman. I got a check from a, 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 an investment guy who, 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 who um, does contracts. My, my lawyer buddy, who I use his office, he said that was a great letter. God. That a working man has to work. Some money. Mama Lou. She's my best friend, the one that died in 2015. Jesus. Her sister. A lot of people use that cash app because Reggie Long. Reginald, man. I don't even know why this dude did that. He just put it out there, and people sent hundreds and hundreds of dollars to my wife's cash app. I mean, it's 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 amazing. It's amazing the amount of love and support that people have shown us. It's just we can't really get out like talking about. I mean, you still, you know, life does, you know, time to time you just happy. But um, when you're in the house and you got people, like with her coworkers, coworkers uh, brings by and goes school lunch but for, the, for the kids. we got three kids in the school district. She'll bring by the lunches so that they can have a little snack if they want to eat it or not. But they, they get it. She comes every day. People call and text every day. How you doing? I'm thinking to myself, why are you asking me? I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to respond to people showing me love. I don't know. When I say thank you, and when I say grateful, I know what it means in my heart. And I'm going to pay it forward. I can't pay people back to show love for whatever reason they decided to show love. I can't pay them for that. So what I can do is I can ensure them that I, 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 I'm going to have some medical bills. It's going to go to that. It's going to go to the right cause in order for us to maintain what we've had and what we're used to. I promise you I'm not going to go invest in no pounds and no weed. I promise you that. And I'm not going to go buy no liquor. Although I wish I could, but I just can't risk it, man. I'm still a little under the weather. But I've been blessed. The family has been blessed. People in this community, amazing. I had a friend, a family, the, the matriarch, the pastor, 
you be gone to the friend. The second matriarch, her daughter, she's a queen around here. Her daughters are queens. Their kids are queens. And yeah, this is an all around good family. Then I looked up earlier, and uh, two months of my water bill is paid. They do a, 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 a payee service. So they use their payee service um, account. I gave them my account the other day and wanted a water bill or whatever, and they paid like two months of my water bill. And then it was a thing that showed that there's a package ship to my address. I don't know what's in there. I know it's going to have love in it. How do you not want to live to help? others after an experience like this? What do you do? Do you just sit down and you say, oh, thankful to God that I made it through? Yeah, of course. But now what are you going to do with your life, Brandon? The Gatu Guru, Uku, Otis, Cupcake, whatever whatever you've been known as over the years of your life, whatever, whoever you are. What are you going to do with your life now? I don't know exactly. But I know it's going to be greater than it has. So, so, so great. For all of the prayers. I know that it was time I was looking at that hospital ceiling and those 32 tiles, 17 partial tiles, and those 140, no, 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 I think that's 120. 47 tiles on the floor. I was counting my window, looked out onto a, a roof a roof right there, and then I could kind of, if I stood up in the room, I could see over the 4th Street, and I could see the tops of the churches on 6th Street, but I couldn't see much else. But I know that my window aimed at my house. If I could have seen it through the trees, I would have been able to see it. I was a little bit higher. I could have seen my own home. That's a blessing. I was starting to count the rocks on the roof. Let me tell you all once I stopped at 1300, let me tell you all something. In all of that, the motivation to count tiles and and just figure out, the, I said, I'm in here. I might as well get used to this. Figure out what's going on. How does this bed work? What's out there? First two or three days, they had the blinds closed. I had them things open the rest of the time. That light hit me. That sun, that corona hit me. It was, it was, it was love. I could feel the love. I could feel the prayer. I could feel See, let me go back to this thing. Let me go back to this thing. 
when I caught my first case, it was in the backyard of my own house. Long story short, I'll tell you Miss Hazlitt came home from church service to see me getting whooped and beat down by the police because I hadn't run from them. But that was normal getting beat down by the police. But that wasn't normal for her. From I don't know if Miss Allen was from um, Alabama or she was from Arkansas, but this old country woman, she never seen nothing like that in her life. And that 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 night, it always resonated with me that I gave her that experience. It was bad, but I knew out of all the people. Besides my mama and, and some of the people in my family, uh, I knew that there were people that I thought were close to us that talked about me like a dog. But I mean, Miss Hasman prayed for me. Don't do that, sweet baby, like that. She was crying. I don't care how big of a guy she was. You don't want to see no old lady cry. You don't want to see your mama cry either, unless it's tears of joy. Excuse me. She prayed for me. I wasn't blessed with no one real biological grandmother as uh, past my grandma OZ who died early, 84. I was seven or eight years old. I knew her. Don't get me wrong. Love my grandma OZ. I never got to meet my mom's grandma, but I knew that she was a sweet lady. But when I think about all of the prayers that I know reached the Holy Spirit Holy Spirit shot a mile. It felt like Grandma's hand. And that's the only thing that I think will be able to help these people who have to go into the hospital, whether they go to ICU. There's a lot of them. They got the ICU packed up. You hear me? Uh, but you got people just in regular rooms and nobody can come visit them. The only way you can visit these folks is through prayer. And, and uh, your body is checked out. And your mind is slipping. It's your spirit that is the last thing standing. And if you have the spirit of your creator, no matter how heavy the crown is, you're going to be able to hold it up because it's not your physical. It's, it's, it's your connection to your creator who lives within you. God is in you. You can argue the point all you want, but you know it's true. I know it's true. 
God is in you. And if you don't tap into God in you, you will not have tapped into a strength that is a strength that overcomes anything. It overcomes anything. It's, it's, a, it's a nature that is not natural. It's, it's completely, uh, that part of you is holy. And I know we suppress it. I suppress it all the time. But that is kingdomship. This is where the crown comes in. See, I ain't talking about running around with no gold and rubies when it comes to talking about heavy is the crown. The crown, do you not know that more than likely, if you, you were to see a vast, if you saw an ocean of people, let's say you look out of where you are, you see an ocean of people, people as far as you can see. And uh, the, the, the folks that, they, they tell you that out of all these people, there's one king in the crowd. One king amongst all of these in this ocean of people that you see. Folks will be looking for crowns. Just like if somebody says that the devil, as the devil, they're looking for red, horned up individual. Find the devil quick in a crowd. I, I know <laughs> I got that discernment. I understand demonology. I can tell you that much. And that is actually a doctrine uh, in the Christian faith. And a lot of people study up on the enemy. I do. Sun Tzu. Know your enemy. Better than you know yourself. Um, but if you were to look out into that, how would you decipher who was the king? A lot of people would look for the crown. And what you're going to find is you're going to find a lot of people wearing crowns. Some are going to look for the biggest and shiniest and most, most diamond of crowns. I, I, I submit to you that when you look out into that ocean of people and they, and they ask you, uh, and you can see all of them, you can see all of them, and they say there's, there's one king amongst you. I would turn to that individual and unequivocally, undoubtedly, without reservation or fear. And I would tell that person, I, I don't see him. And if there were to be another question, why don't you see them? Because I tell them it's me. Because if I can see all these people, I can see where the person over here has a need. That person 
doesn't have a need, but that person looks like they can help this one over here. My mind instantly goes to how can I connect these people so that everybody out there is good. This is king talk, y'all. You, this corona virus is real, but we have to really start as black people getting on our game and helping each other in the areas of which we need, which shows our kingdomship. When I hear that song, I shall wear a crown. Ooh, I don't have one right now. But but the reason why I'm going to wear one is because I'm trying to get prepared now for what's next. But I'm mindful that I can't be too heavenly minded in order to be no earthly good. And uh, I don't want to be a king. But if you're put in position where you can see things in the future, where you can influence people, where you can be who you are and be accepted, and not, maybe not everywhere, but in, in most circumstances, and, and maybe even enough influence that some will listen to you, you need to use that wisely. You can't lead people uh, down a road where they're not supposed to go. And you can't be uh, wasteful with your time. You have to connect people and hopeful, be hopeful that their connection sparks a relationship of many other relationships. Is that you, Spike? Yes. Yeah, Brandon, it's me. I've been listening ahead, to you. And, and I've been listening to you testify, man. You've been... But, and, and as I listen to you, Brandon, one of the things that I realized, see, you put something in. You might not think that you're worthy, but you put something in in order to get people to help you like you say they did. Most people don't understand that. They they want to always take, but they don't understand. When you put something in, and, and it, it, it may not, you didn't realize you was putting in, but you put some time in and some effort in some people. You helped some people that really needed your help along the way, and and, and they respected that. Even your conversation. I, I, I've, I've been knowing you for, for a while, and I have never met you. But I can pick up the telephone and call Brandon, and we can, we can sit down and have a dialogue. It's been mm-hmm. like that. I know we've been knowing each other for a while now. Mm-hmm. And people will swear that we know, that we personally know each other. I have never laid eyes on Brendan, not one time. Nope. But mm-hmm. I can tell you that the people in his conversation has been the same since I first met him, and I didn't even meet him on this network. I met him on, on, on another network, and I just heard his conversation, and I knew what he was about. Let me, let me even take that one step further. Brandon used to call a certain show. I ain't going to call his name. But Brandon used to get through and was able to talk to this guy in common sense. Most of the other guys that would call in, you couldn't, they couldn't make, a, they couldn't get a dialogue with this particular guy. And it's a national show. And I didn't realize yeah. that there was the same Brandon until I heard him on this other show. 
Mm-hmm. See, so you don't have to be a big guy. You don't have to have all the money in the world. You don't have to shout your, your credentials everywhere. But you can just be Brandon. You can just be Brandon. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was listening to you. Some people can't get with what you just got through saying because they're not there yet. See, they're on a different path. They're on this path of man telling them what their religion is supposed to be about. Mm-hmm. See, but when you live it and you know who God is, you got your own personal relationship with God, mm-hmm. they could close all the doors mm-hmm. in the city. You can still have church within your own house. You can still bring your right. kids up to believe in the same God that that person stands up in front of you in front of that church on Sundays. You can bring your kids up to believe in God and never take them into a church. Yeah. That's how strong you that's how strong you gotta be in your belief in God because see man can shut it down. The example it's been closed for about three or four weeks. If you believed mm-hmm. in them before it closed, you're gonna believe in them later on. Right. So I'm just saying, when you was laying there in, in that hospital bed, I know I got down on my knees uh, many of nights and I prayed for Brandon to get better. I prayed for Brandon to get better. And it must have been some more people around praying, too, because while you were thinking that nobody was thinking about you, while you were thinking those nurses wasn't in that room, God was there with you. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, yep. I don't care how you say it, Brendan. I know you. And everybody that helped you that came there and contributed and went through all of that, they, they know you, too. So you you're not you're not you're not in this world alone. Don't don't ever feel like you're alone. Don't ever feel like you you're the OG or uh, as they call it. No, you're Brandon. You're somebody's child. And I met your mother and everything through this radio program. And I know she loves her baby boy Brandon because she lets it be known, regardless of what you did. Mm-hmm. You wear your crown. You you wear that crown with pride, and you, and you you walk out there because you you have done a lot. And the only thing that I could think about when I first heard it was about your family. Yeah. And I know how much your family means to you. And I, I I know that that you love getting out there hustling, and the reason why you hustle so hard is to take care of your family. Right on. Because you meant, that's what you talk about all the time. Ever since I've been knowing you, your family. Whatever I got to do to get out there and take care of my family, that's what I'm going to do. But in between time, you was taking care of everybody else. Man, it's just, you know, it's it's something I, I, I got, you know, honestly, from both parents, you know. Mm-hmm. But, but the thing of it is, the thing of it is, Spice, when you're doing stuff, it's because you know it needs to be done. You never, mm-hmm. you never expect. I, at least I never expected to see love shown back. You know what I mean? Uh, it's like mm-hmm. um, it's it's just it's it's mind boggling, man. It, 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 it's it's mind boggling when you when you always the one that has to says thank you, um, uh, or, or 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 you're welcome. I should say when you're the one that always says mm-hmm. you're welcome. You you, mm-hmm. you very rarely um, get to say thank you. You, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like it, mm-hmm. it, 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 
It's mind-blocking. But the, the thing of it is, is, is that I, I hope that, that, that people get this out of what I'm, what I'm saying here, Spice, is mm-hmm. that I, I know I'm not alone. I know I'm not alone, mm-hmm. but there are going to mm-hmm. be times where you are uh, lonely, but you're not alone. Absolutely. And it's those times when you, when it, you know, you you got to you got to throw those things out there as though they were, and uh, that's when you really have to go in deep. And that's what I was trying to say. I was like, I didn't have to go all that deep because I felt the prayer. I felt mm-hmm, this. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so <clears throat> I, I didn't, I wasn't, uh, <clears throat> my body was struggling, but my mm-hmm. spirit wasn't because I could feel the love. And and, and mm-hmm. it, I imagine the, the, the thing that, that also hurts me is folks who haven't had a relationship with people whether they're introverts or they just have some kind of condition where they don't have a relationship or they just have lost everybody, they're older, and it seems like everybody that they've known is gone. These are the people that we have to really look out for now. And um, Absolutely. Maybe that's what I'm led to. Maybe I'm, I need to go to visit more people that I know in these assisted living places once they open back up, you know, and, and, and nursing homes because – it's, it's, it's. Can you imagine everybody in your life gone, and you don't have anybody to come and say hello or talk to you, mm-hmm. uh, visit you? It's just the people that work there, you know. Yeah, and yeah, I'm sure they care, but but somebody that comes that doesn't have any, that won't get any kind of compensation for just coming by, that you, that's priceless, man. That's but that's hope. That's hope. So yeah, man, it's a uh, it, it, crazy bananas the kind of love and support, and I can tell you. Yeah, you, you know, you know, but you know what, Brandon, the problem with us is is the people in general, especially people like yourself. We know how to give, mm-hmm. but we don't know how to open up in return. We don't know how to right. accept gifts, and, and right. how can right. you accept? How can you 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 don't know what your gift may be? You don't know who it may come from. You may miss it because you don't know how to accept a gift. You may miss a a big blessing because you don't know how to accept it. We need to learn how. Just as we give, we should learn how to receive. Because if we don't know how to receive, man, we 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 just we may be walking over everything in the world because. That puts us in a position of being suspicious of people coming up to us. That puts us in a position of, of, of not trusting. It puts us in a position. We are asked, what do you want? We want to growl up like an old bear. And that person might have been coming up to tell us something that we needed to know. We need to change our, 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 our thought pattern. I didn't say, I didn't say let no, no foolish person walk up on you, but we need to learn how to receive. And, mm-hmm. and and we'll be a much better giver because then we'll yeah. as we receive we can channel that back out. We may not have ne- needed that item, but we know somebody else that may have needed that item, and we can channel that back out. But we never receive. We can't give what we don't have, and yeah. that's that's and that's in essence what you, what you just said, 
in a nutshell. You have to be able to receive. And, and Brandon, you got somebody else out there trying to come in. So I'm going to kind of yeah. yield and put myself on mute. If you got it, you got it. I'm going to let you let them in. Got it. Yeah, I got it. Come on in. Welcome to the conversation. 9073. You're on the Gumbo Talk Show. Oh, what's going on, bro? It's Brandon. Hey, man. Shoot, man. I'm making it. What's going on with you, Chief? Oh, same old, same old thing. Just taking it day by day. I just he uh, the last guy that was speaking, it just hit a note with me. Uh, uh, something he said as far as as far as the mindset, and I mean, I I know I'm a few years or I think four or five years younger than you, but um, I I often I, I do a lot of reflecting, but I look back at like uh, the communities we had back in say. Uh, our parents' time and grandparents' time. You look at how they interacted. I mean, everybody worked. Everybody worked hard. Uh, there was a sense of camaraderie, and it was just a total, totally different mindset overall. Uh, whereas, um, like the brother was saying, um, people didn't wait for a handout. They went and worked, worked for what they wanted. But at the same time, if a need came up the community was so close-knit and, and, you know, people interacted on a regular that, you know, nobody in essence went lacking, you know. And I'm not going to say that some bills didn't fall behind or, or somebody didn't go without, but everybody pitched in to uh, at least light, I guess you could say soften the blow or whatever. And I think that's, I think that's a big deal uh, even even now in the situation with the pandemic and stuff like that is that uh, in order to get to where we're trying to go, first there needs to be a, a transformation in, in the thought process and in the mind, you know, and then from there, from the mind, then you can visualize it. Um, and excuse me if I'm rambling, but like if you, it, it starts in the mind and if you can see it, you can achieve it, like, uh, like the saying goes right. or whatever. So I think uh, ultimately, like the brother was saying, First, it starts with uh, renewing of the mind or, or changing of the mindset, and then we're not locked into just what we're familiar with or, or where we're trying to go as individuals, but we we see the big picture or a bigger part of the picture. Yeah. And, and you know, but even, even if you don't see the, the big picture, because – I I realize that um, everybody isn't given a vision as far as you know beyond the 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 horizon. Um, some people only operate in a in a small geographical area, and maybe that's that's all they're supposed to do. But even even in that, it's understanding how you're connected to everybody else and everything else. Um, I, I often tell the story about, you know, six degrees of separation and how my mom isn't really that far separated from Barack Obama. I, uh, I snuck in on her uh, one year. She got an award from the city, and uh, I was able to share with her um, when they gave her that award, and she didn't know it, that the then-senator had sent an aide down to uh, 
chief of staff or something. I can't remember what that woman was, but she was high up, and uh, it was Senator Barack Obama sending my mom um, a personal letter about her efforts in our community. And and I, that was the first time I seen my mom cry, break down. I was like, you know, for not crying over me going to jail or getting in trouble or, you know, I did have some graduations and I had some, you know, sports things that happened and she, she cried, you know, and, but, but for something that being recognized, because my mom doesn't, isn't big into getting recognition, you know, she, but, but the thing of it is, uh, be, um, it, it's, it's our mindset. Like you said, you know, if you can, if you can think it, then it can be believable, and then it's achievable. But a lot of people keep their mind on some stinking thinking, and it limits their ability to see how, even if they don't see the big picture, that the little picture, the little part that's necessary for the world, for the universe. And um, that, that's the way I, I've, I've learned to think over the last few years is that, yeah, I may only play a little bitty part in this grand scale, but I know my part is important. And even even if it doesn't seem like it, um, like I, I always wish I could do more, I know that what I'm doing um, is, is impactful. And, and, and that's, that's, I think, uh, where we – where we need to start shifting our thinking that even if uh, let's say a person uh, works at McDonald's, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not talking down to McDonald's, but I, to me it's important when I go to McDonald's and I, and I, if I decide to get a quarter pounder with cheese, it's important to me that my fries are cooked right and that my burger tastes like I expect it to taste. That's important to me. And that can't happen yes, without them inside there doing their job. And so if they right. appreciate that, if they appreciate that and they know that somebody out there cares about what they pay for, then the next thing that comes to them, the next level in their life, God is going to trampoline them because they have shown um, good stewardship over that what they have now to get to where they, they believe they can be. I don't know if that makes sense, but uh, oh yeah, but you're right. Yeah. And yeah, and I wanted to add too. You were saying that uh, you know you didn't you didn't really see where I guess you could say your your labor was producing fruit, but believe me, I mean it is. I mean even even though it's limited to our perception, uh, there like my dad would always tell me and still tell me to this day, regardless of what you do. Even if you don't think somebody sees you or nobody's paying attention, there's always somebody that's watching or somebody that's listening. You know, so it, it regardless of if you feel that it's is 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 not making an impact, it it is. It just you know, sometimes people you know get what they get what they need right then and there, and they get caught up in you know making it to the next making it to the next step or or whatever. But eventually, mm-hmm. it comes full circle back around. In, in some way, shape, form, or fashion to where uh, you actually see hindsight that um, what you did at that point in time, you know, brought it brought it to that, that point. 
Right. Right on. Right on. I am. Um, I'm grateful, man. I can tell you that. I, I, I can. I'm grateful. I feel the love. I know what love is. I, I you know, I can't. I can't be one of the people to sing that old song. I want to know what love is. I, I know what love is. And um, you know, and I and I didn't. I'm I'm one of those people. My mom, you know, bro, she used to trip out because I was saying like, Mom, why are you taking all these calls? Why is you, you know, and my wife was like, why is you taking all these calls? And they was like, you know, people care and they want to know how you're doing and blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, shoot, I'm not answering all these calls. Of course, I'm trying to recover. I'm over here, you know, body, you know, a little slow. But they, they, they are like, you know, these people care. So we got to talk to them because, you know, um, got to gotta give them, you know, some, some, some little insight. And I don't know, maybe it's hope. I don't know what it is. But um, um, it, it, to me, it's just mind-boggling because it's hard for me to to do that because I think when a person's sick, you got to let them get well. I used to think if a person was in a, in, a, in a nursing home, you know, that's the end of life, leave them alone. But I'm starting to realize that it's, it's, it's certain people, when they get, when they at some of their lowest points in life, that's where we got to kick in and do the most. And uh I mean, I've known that, but until you experience it on both sides, it, it doesn't doesn't do you, you you much justice. I don't think. I mean, you you can understand it without having to go through it, but going through it, uh, it I guess it gives me a much more appreciation of what gratitude and thankfulness and 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 just love, genuine love. Really means, and it helps you to, to smile more, because the world, even though it's a mean place and it's bad, inherently bad, um, there are some beacons of hope um, that, that still shine on the lighthouses that that, that that you know that it's safe, it's safe here. Yeah. Hey man, I appreciate you for uh, for calling in. We're gonna get up out of here, man. We get. Way over what I expected. I thought I was only going to make it 30 minutes. But uh, I'm probably going to sleep good tonight because I know it's, you, y'all understand, it's so much effort going on over here with my gut, my stomach. I don't know if y'all can tell. I, I don't know how many pounds I lost. My kids, I came out the room, was it yesterday? Yeah, yesterday. And I wanted some more spaghetti, and they ain't really seen me, but and I just had on, I just had on my shorts, and I have on no T-shirt, nothing. And my boy talking about, man, daddy, you getting skinny. And I know good and hell well I ain't getting skinny. But uh, I done lost some weight. I said, I guess that's a good thing. I didn't think I needed to go through all this to lose some weight. But I'm going to tell you, my appetite hadn't really never left me, but maybe two or three days. But uh, I got me a little old steak and some, a little shot of potatoes and some broccoli tonight. And it was so good, I put it away right before we started this show. So, uh I'm able to eat. I'm um, doing a little bit more moving around. It's exhausting to move around um, because my I've been idle for so long, and my lungs are still trying to, you know, catch up with getting all the blood I need to get in all this body I got. But um, I am alive, and that means we have another 
opportunity. And um, that's what it's all about, another opportunity. I was given another opportunity. You have another opportunity. Um, I hope that we just use um, what we have in the best way forward. And <clears throat> don't lose sight of who you are, um, but remember that a lot of this foolishness, um, there's no time for it. I'm going I'm I'm to I'm say it slow, and I'm going to say it some more. Folks who support Trump and black folks who don't believe this virus is real have no place in my life. And th- th- I'm not trying to convince you of that for you, but I'm, I'm looking. I had to look at news when I was in the hospital because I looked at everything, and it was boring. That TV was horrible. I almost wanted um, – <clears throat> my people to bring one of these boxes, internet boxes, and hook it up and use the guest Wi-Fi at the hospital to have my own TV box on the TV. I almost did it. I just thought that was too gangster. And um, but but I'm gonna tell y'all, um, I was looking at some stuff on there, what this guy was saying, and I was like, does he really say this stuff every day when y'all watch the news? Does he really say this stuff every day? Is every is every day something most stupid that you didn't think could be most stupid than the stupid? <clears throat> and evidently the answer is yes. And people love them. And those kind of people um, uh, are not my people. That is not. And I don't, I, don't, I don't mean to make it political. It ain't got nothing to do with politics. If you support individuals like that, evidently, you are diametrically opposed to individuals like me because you don't care if I live or die. Remember this, y'all. <clears throat> Overweight, diabetic, breathing conditions or issues, COPD, whatever, high blood pressure, and if you are of color, you're black, don't, don't, listen, don't fall for the okie doke. If you get this virus, you'll be on top of it. You need a pulse oximeter. You need a blood pressure cuff, and you need a uh, glucometer of some sort to check your blood sugar. You got to have all the healthcare stuff you could possibly have. If you have access to oxygen uh, from somebody that has extra tanks or whatever, go ahead and get it. Um, and you can take care of yourself um, through your PCP, um, seeing them either by the phone or through computer house, seeing mine, and uh, they can call in stuff, and, and they can send it to you, and you can do it at home too. But if you don't have the support of, of anybody to help you at home, um, you and y'all can co- actually quarantine away from one another, then you need to go on to that hospital. Don't play with it. Um, you know, do not play with it. If you fit in it black, overweight, any kind of breathing condition or diabetes, this ain't the one to play with. If if 80-something thousand, listen, y'all, I don't know, I didn't do the calculation, but if 85,000 people have died from this uh, virus and over 60% of them are black, okay, so if I take that be that be sixty thousand 
out of a hundred and you're minus fifteen, that means it's forty five thousand out of eighty five thousand? Yeah. Yeah, that's over half. If I break down 88.5, my mind is still not quick yet. I'm usually better than that at math. But whatever you can break down 85 into fifths, that would be four, was it three fifths? Three fifths of the people. Three fifths of 85,000, I think, is like 45,000. That's amazing. We only make up 13% of the population of this country. How do we make up 13%? But we make up the resounding majority of the people in the prisons. Now, health care issues, when it comes to the coronavirus, we make up 60% of the deaths. This world is not our home. That's understood. I hope it's understood for you. This world spirit is not our home. This country is not built to take care of us. The governmental system is not structured, apparently. If we're, if we're in prison way more than, than the average, they ain't got nothing to do with us committing more crimes. It's just that when you inundate a community with policing, you're going to find something to charge somebody with, okay? And then the healthcare system, we got all this, this, this unhealthy, I should say the environmental and climate. We got all this bad air we breathe in around these plants that we live by. That's killing us. We have um, only access to the worst of the worst when it comes to grocery stores and quality produce, Okay. They're going to inundate you with all the box and ramen noodles you can get, but it's hard-pressed to find a good head of uh, red cabbage, bok choy, other kinds of uh, good green leafy vegetables that are quality in, in our neighborhoods, okay? And then your health care. These doctors, they can give you what they want to give you. Um, they, they ain't treating you like they're treating their white counterparts or their Indian counterparts. They're not treating you the same. I've seen it. They're not treating you the same. I ain't mad at them. It's the system. Okay? I'm not mad at these individuals. I just don't want to be around them because they clearly don't care about me, so I'm not wasting my time on you. And then before I go, it's, it's, it's really way past the point where those of us who can get together, get together regularly, and, and support one another in our efforts, and we continually strive to increase our economics and our businesses, um, tomorrow is going to be a great day. I hope you all join with me. Go to a black business. I'm going to Bell's. I mean, I'm not going, but I'm, I'm sending for plates from Bell's for my whole family to eat tomorrow fish. Um, the stronger we support local black businesses, Eddie Toll's phone center. You need something related to phones or internet or Ethernet getting it access to your office space, a place that you work at, they got problems with their phone systems, 
go support Eddie Tolles. He still does it. He may be retired partially, but he's still in the business. He's the best at it in this region. He's probably the best at it that in, in this whole area. When I say area, Arklatex, Oklahoma, Tex, whatever. Um, use Eddie. Um, and so on and so forth for all these black businesses that just are ex- excellent. You need notary service, you call me. I'm coming out the box next week. Monday, I'm not back. I'm back. Okay. So <clears throat> we've got to do better. We've got to force ourselves to support ourselves, and we've got to be accountable to one another. Tell folks, tell people straight up, individually. Call them to the side. Don't blast them on Facebook. Don't go telling anybody else. Pull them to the side and say, hey, look, your chicken is a little salty, and your vegetables are a little bland. But a little bit more love, I got some more money for your hand. And, and that's all you can do. If they don't do it, you know what you got to do. You know you got to move on. It's going to be somebody else that comes that you can support. But we've got to support each other. Um, we've got to love on one another. I, I'm going to tell you all again, I am so grateful for all the love and support we got through this thing. I, I, I didn't know people even – New, I mean, I know people know I exist, but the kind of love we got, man, I feel it. I really do. And uh, the hood love, I got these cards and stuff. I told them to bring them on over here. And uh, my people in the hood, they don't, they don't, they ain't listening to no podcast. Um, they, they could care less. They trying to make ends meet. They trying to hustle. They trying to do everything they possibly can right now. But um, I got love for y'all, too. I'm going to be back out there on the block. Hopefully they got on masks. I'm going to have on masks and be back to trying to, you know, uh, reach the masses real, real soon. Um, that's tonight's show, y'all, for, for the Gumbo Talk. I, I wish that it could have been aired live on Facebook while we have this conversation. But I told y'all, I, I got this new equipment, and um, I don't know how to work it fully. But one of these days I'll get it down when I got time to, to uh, maybe this week, this coming week I might have time to take the tutorials to make it work right and get the, I don't know what it's called, some kind of way that speeds that this camera is so HD. There's a whole camera right up here um, off camera. Because I'm going to post this uh, recording to uh, to Facebook, but the, the, I'm using my old camera, which is on my computer, to do the recording. It's not as quality as this other one, but this other one is, I try, but it's more advanced than I thought. But everybody calling, let's see here. It looks like Evelyn, I see she just popped in, my mom, Tab, I know that's Sunshine number, Ron, B, and there was a couple other people from home, back 309, they They've been gone. They popped off. Of course, they probably didn't know I was going to be two hours on the show tonight. But everybody that was listening, that that, that called in, I can see y'all. Thank you so much. I appreciate y'all. I'm going to be trying to be right back at it next week. I'm not going to keep talking about this. But um, whatever topic is popping off between now and next week, look forward to another episode of the Gumbo Talk Show. I'm getting better. I'm thankful if you were one of the people that prayed for me. Um, I'm thankful. 
for you if you didn't pray for me and you just sent positive energy my way, good vibes, or you whatever you did um, that had my name attached to it, I, I'm appreciative. So with that being said, we signing off for tonight. Thank y'all. It's Gumble Talk. Um, in case I don't see you, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. But for now, good night.